Hello and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS Youth Ministry Podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today, we are coming to you from the National Lutheran Youth Workers Conference in Houston, Texas. The National Lutheran Youth Workers Conference is hosted by our staff, LCMS Youth Ministry, every three years, and it's designed to support both lay and mm-hmm. professional youth leaders in our synod. Uh, it takes place in the Gathering City, Houston, Texas, mm-hmm. this time, uh, a year in advance of the gathering, uh, with all sorts of special sessions and events, both to, just in general, mm-hmm. to help in uh, work on healthy youth ministry overall, but then also to help uh, do some initial preparation for the gathering. Yep, so this conference has had some history um, in our office in terms of being kind of on the off-gathering years for a time for adult leaders to come and get prepped. Uh, for just their general youth ministry work, but then always the year before the gathering, it was in the gathering cities for it really to be a forecast and a, and a foreshadowing of what was going to be happening in the next summer so adult leaders could come and get familiar with the city. And then more recently, we have just had it the year before the gathering now. So uh, really invest some time in bringing adult leaders in, as well as a little extra uh, opportunity this summer with Youth Lead um, coming in as well. So it was really a great opportunity for us to be in the city of Houston. Yeah, and it's a standalone conference. So yeah. even if people aren't coming to the gathering, they can still come. Uh, and we have tracks. And this time we had tracks on seven practices of healthy youth ministry. Uh, we offered mental health first aid mm-hmm. uh, on the last day. We uh, have a track that's about, we called it hot topics, mm-hmm. which is like current topics in youth ministry. But then we also do have a track for those who are coming in that in that preparation mm-hmm. process of just all sorts of ways and to think about the gathering and not really just the gathering. No. I mean, they're, they're gathering themes, but they're really about how we incorporate that yeah. in our youth ministry. And I say making the most of the gathering experience yeah. too, not just the five days, but the prep, the time after. And, and really uh, that team just did an amazing job of kind of looking at a lot of those components. And I hope it was something that again, churches can use beyond just the gathering, but just when they go on mission trips or just their uh, weekly youth ministry that takes place of, of how can we support one another, encourage one another. And then Juliana, you got, you had an extra investment as well. Yeah. Um, so tell a little bit about what was going on with our young leaders. Yeah, so um, our youth lead, which we used to call Lutheran Fellowship, uh, our March event in yeah. St. Louis, unfortunately, uh, we weren't through enough of the of the pandemic yet to be able to safely have that event. And so uh, we postponed it. We brought it here to Houston, ran it parallel to this conference, and incredibly blessed. We, yeah. we, we filled the room. Uh, we had 60 uh, high schoolers who were here. And they did sort of a, a combo package yep. of, of main stage sessions with their adult leaders uh, and then a sectional times and lunch times and some bonus times uh, with our team and all led by our executive team uh, of high school leaders. <laughs> Uh, who were uh, who came here and who led all of their sessions. And by bonus time, Juliana means time staying up late playing cards, getting to know one another that, yeah, I, that you stayed up for. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if there was an inkling that I missed lock-ins before this event, I don't anymore. Um, I That was my fill of lock-ins for, for the next little bit, I think. Yeah, we are both keeping each other awake doing this <laughs> final review here after a wonderful, uh, boy, really for you, five days of, of prep and full days of uh, time with our participants, which was just fantastic. We are so thankful for all the people who invested the time to be here in Houston. It was just 
so encouraging for us um, going through this, even just the planning process of this, that uh, you that attended and just so many people I know who are lifting in prayer who weren't able to attend as well and just interacting through our social media and things that we're praying for the participants here, that it was great to be able to have this chance to come together coming out of the pandemic and um, just people who are willing to make the, the trip here. And, and talking to someone on their way out this morning, um, you know, they were just saying that having the youth here was just such a blessing too, to be able to come to talk about doing youth ministry, but then to see these young people um, and just to see the hope they have and how they're uh, trying to, you know, again, point their friends to Jesus and encourage them in their faith. And that was just a really additional blessing to have them a part of it. So thank you, Juliana, for your effort in that, the executive team for their investment and just the young people too, to be a part of it was fantastic. So during the course of the event, we were able to, to take some time and talk with um, some participants and some of our speakers about the experience here. And we're going to uh, play for you a little bit of those interviews and those conversations. Uh, so you get a sense of what it was like to be here at the uh, National Lutheran Youth Workers Conference. All right. Well, we have with us two participants from the National Lutheran Youth Workers Conference, Pastor Jacob Heine from Faith Lutheran Church in Topeka, Kansas. Heather McCormick, DCE at Faith Lutheran as well. Also, extra investment for me, they are the pastor and DCE of my niece and nephew. So great that I've got two adults investing in people I love very much. Um, so thank you so much for taking the time to come to National to prep. I know you're going to the gathering next summer, so it's a little bit of a preview for that. Jacob's actually on our planning team as well. So he's on our safety team that's looking at some of our traffic patterns. So he, I heard, was like, I don't know running six miles a day or something like that through the yeah, streets only, of only Houston. Only about two. Only about two. Oh, boy. <laughs> Making us all feel bad, but that's all right. <laughs> Do not tell people who didn't come how hot and humid it was. It, right. it was beautiful in, morning, in Houston beautiful. in July. Especially at 5 a.m. when the sun's not up yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Smart time to go. Yeah. Smart time to go. Well, so I guess maybe ask uh, ask this first. Like, why why'd you come to National? Like, why? what would you say was your recent coming? Obviously, you got the gathering. I'm assuming that's part of it. But, like, what are some other things that you were looking forward to coming to the event itself as part of a kind of a youth ministry conference? Well, for me personally, bringing youth next year, I haven't been to Houston before. It's great mm. to get to know the city, yeah. to learn a little bit. You know, they have the underground tunnels. Minneapolis had the above ground tunnels. So figuring that system out, <laughs> scoping out places to eat, um, but then also networking with other DCEs and youth workers across the country. Kansas has a great representation yeah. and some awesome, awesome people in that district, but then to, to get the wider connections. Yeah, to get to know the city of Houston, I was here several years ago when Youth Ministry Symposium was here, but we were out right. at the Galleria. Oh, right. right, 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 yeah. So yeah. I've never really been downtown, so kind of just get the lay of the land and, and see. And really, after COVID, it was really nice to come <laughs> and see the church together again and doing what it's supposed to do um, and worshiping together and singing and uh, the sessions. It was just, it was kind of great to just have that moment of knowing, like, yeah, we can do this. We, we can do this. Absolutely. And we should mention, too, another group of people who were at the conference were our district coordinators. So we had um, these wonderful people that serve within districts are kind of our liaisons. They do things at the gathering, such as plan uh, district events. They help with maybe coordinating travel in some of the districts, or maybe if, if there are churches who maybe don't have the right number of adult leaders, they'll pair them with another congregation for additional support. Uh, we'd have a district zone, which is at the convention center, where congregations can, can kind of come and learn what a district is and how our church body operates and connects and are together as the body of Christ. Um, so again, another group that Kansas was well represented um, as they were starting to, I know, scope out things for some of the district things they do. So again, another way that uh, the, the event was supported and the gathering starts continuing its planning process towards July of 2022. 
So what were some of your takeaways from the conference? I really kind of get that idea of the Gen Z. You know, you hear a lot about them, but I haven't seen a lot of research done yet. So having, especially Cassie Moore, who kind of laid out all these different things about Gen Z and, and their struggles and uh, the things they're going through, especially how COVID really amplified all that and her her word I think was exploded mm, mm-hmm. everything that was going on in their lives but the the hope that they have too and it was it was great mm-hmm. to hear uh, that and then to see because youth lead was here as well right. during this and so to have them there and be able to speak and say yeah that's that is what we're feeling that's who we are um, and then at, you know that question of like okay so what do we do with this how do we get them involved how do we make them part of the ministry not just you know the, the side you know group over here but uh, I've been saying for a lot of years the the youth are not the church of tomorrow. They're the church now. Mm-hmm. They're the baptized believers, and we need to find ways to get them included. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, seeing them there and seeing that enthusiasm to be involved and have their voice heard was just it was a wonderful, wonderful moment. Great takeaway for me. Yeah, along similar lines, Dr. Nasker, when in his Bible study, mm-hmm. he was talking about know the story, listen to their story, and then help them see themselves in God's story, um, and which is something basic, I think, to a lot of church workers and people who are volunteer, volunteer leaders as well, but to be reminded to really be listening to the story and, and don't just tell them God's story and, and have them see their life running parallel to it, but help them see themselves within God's story. Any particular encouragements that you guys would uh, give that you heard here that maybe people back home didn't, would, would appreciate hearing? Ooh, I would say for sure, utilize your resources. I think the youth ministry office does such a great job putting out, um, you know, you guys put out paper copies to congregations, but also emails and this podcast and the website. And I know the first gathering that I led, all I read was the registration packet and I had all the information I needed. That was it. Um, And so just utilize those resources. You guys are there for us and you're there for the whole, the whole country to be able to figure things out. So just don't be afraid to take advantage of the resources that are offered. No, we didn't prompt that shameless plug. That's right. Either. That's right. <laughs> we'll, we'll pay you later. We'll pay you later, Heather. Um, I, I think the, the key takeaway or the, the thing that people need to hear is don't be afraid. Um, you know, we, we hear a lot of the fear that kind of gets into society and, and into everything. COVID brought a lot of, a lot of fear. There's people that are fearing, can they fundraise? Do they have time to? They have, they have time to get to the gathering. Um, what's it going to be like? I mean, all those questions, and that's all natural, but we have a God who is in all things, and if he is truly Lord of all, then we don't need need to spend so much time worrying about that, and we can move forward in faith and know that he's going to take care of it. And so, you know, whatever's going to happen next year is going to happen next year, and, we, you know, you can be part of it. And there's, you know, looking around to this week, there was wonderful precautions put in place where they needed to be, but never felt unsafe, never felt like we couldn't do this, never felt like there was an issue there. We can be together as God's people, and you can be here too. So if you want to be here next year, you can be here. Great. Was there anything thinking about broadly Houston, the conference, interacting with people at your tables or the conference that was like particularly eye-opening to you or surprising with maybe this is the first time you've been to a conference in a while, anything that caught you off guard um, or something that was really exciting that you saw in particular that was eye-opening to you? Great question. <laughs> um, I, I think just the 
the beauty of being together again, I think we've forgotten that. Yeah. You know, yeah. we, we've forgotten what it's like to, to stand and sing together yeah. and uh, to praise God together. And I love, you know, one of the things that the, the band does here, and I know they did at the last gathering, is they took the hymns and they reimagined them. A- and they just hit in a different way, I guess, this time. When we're all, we haven't done that. Mm-hmm. And so there was just this, this moment, um, we were singing, I love to tell the story. Mm-hmm. And I was... It just stopped and listened, and there was just that moment of like, this is, you know, I miss this. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. miss this, and it was great to be there. It almost moves you to tears to be in a yeah. room full of people mm-hmm. singing those songs again and to be able to, to look around and just see the togetherness um, as the body of Christ that I, we haven't been to a conference in 18 months, two at years least, at yeah. least, and, yeah. and to know that God, God is God of all things um, and to see that in person again. Yeah. It's amazing to talk to some people from different parts of the country to where, I mean, some aren't really worshiping in much capacity yet either. We mm-hmm. are a little bit more in St. Louis maybe, but say like, I mean, for them, they're saying like, we just have not been in a group this large singing, talking, all those kind of things. So it's really, I think, great for them to have a welcoming community to come to and have that first experience maybe in that way, which was wonderful. Right. And, and I think even just as simple as is a handshake and a hug. Yep. You know, you see somebody you haven't seen in a while and yep. you feel comfortable giving them a hug or a handshake and knowing that, you know, we're okay. Yep. And yep. God is here and God is in this. And that's a, a beautiful, beautiful yep. thing. Yep. With us now is Isaiah Duport. Isaiah just recently graduated from high school and is looking to attend as a freshman at Concordia University, Irvine. And he serves on our youth lead executive team. That's the group of young people who help lead, well, not help, lead. <laughs> they, they do lead uh, the youth lead trainings uh, every year. Uh, we're so glad that you're here, glad for your service and the service of the other people on the executive team. Uh, what was maybe one highlight for you of being here and having youth lead at National? Well, first of all, thanks for having me um, and giving me a chance to talk about it. The biggest thing for me was that um, typically at the youth lead events in March um, in St. Louis, we have the adults and they're in with us at the small groups. And it's the adults that are bringing their kids and they have kids there. What was cool for me is to see all the adults that didn't have kids here, but were asking us Mm -hmm. questions and for our insight. Because a lot of times, like, it's easy to look at your own adult and be like, oh, like, there's a caring adult in the world that Mm -hmm. cares about my thoughts. But to see so many of them Mm -hmm. that were willing to come up and be like, hey, like, we just heard these statistics about Gen Z. How does that relate to you and your classmates? Or, like, we were asked to compile a list of three things that – that we really wanted adult leaders to know leaving um, national. Um, so we compiled that and pitched that to them. And it was just a, it was a great experience. And also just getting back to it. Um, Cause we unfortunately were unable to have the March event this year um, in St. Louis, but getting back to it, seeing so, some familiar faces, but of a, a lot of new eager, passionate um, young leaders that reminded me of myself when I first joined the youth lead program. Um, so that was really cool to see again after almost a year and a half of nothing. Mm-hmm. So at one point, kind of in the training, we'd have the youth um, go into their own session area while adults were going to sessions. What was uh, maybe your favorite component of that time where you're with just your peers going through that process as you and the executive team led? Something that stood out for you there? Um, it was definitely the small groups um, because the format would be we would watch a video 
um, just to introduce us to the topic and some key teaching points that we'd go over and ask questions about later. But um, in small groups, uh, that's when I really saw the passion of mm -hmm. some of um, the participants come out. Um, I had some young men in my group that really were talking about how it was like a struggle to mm -hmm. um, keep the walk of faith mm -hmm. in times of struggle at school and at, in joy. And it was really passionate to hear about them, like um, talk about how they um, witness to their classmates or how for themselves, like they can fall off the track and um, they really want to keep God in the focus and be an example to others mm -hmm. around them. Um, so that was really cool to see and watch as, cause I've been in that position mm -hmm. before, but to see that from a, a little bit older, slightly older, not by much um, point of view, it was really cool to see that like there's more people behind me that yeah. are coming up with the same um, passion for serving that I felt like I had at that age. Awesome. So we had uh, some nights out just for fun. We had some nights out on the town. What was the best food you had? So that's tough because <laughs> I went to the same pizza and pasta place three nights, three separate nights, not in a row. I heard at least you had two different kinds of pizza, right? I did. Okay. The last night I branched out. Um, I also went to – so that was called BOH um, pasta, pasta and Pizza. I got the um, double pepperoni um, the first time, and then I, I upgraded to a full pizza the next time, and I can't remember what the next one was called. But I went there three times, and the last night they had steak night as well. Wow. And so they, they had steak there. Um, I was with my brother who also was attending youth lead, um, and I was like, sure, buy, buy, get the steak. Well, we can try it together. It was fantastic. I also went to um, a place called the Cook Shack, which if you're on the West Coast, it's like a high-end version of Canes. If oh, really? Canes, okay. But like wow. with ribs. With ribs. Oh, man. Yeah. Like with I, ribs. I'm take some notes With here. some chicken and waffles. But like I say high-end, like it put Canes to shame. Wow. It was real good. Yeah, it okay. was real good. I did stain my In-N-Out shirt that I was wearing. <laughs> it's like maybe it was like that Texas thing, <laughs> like right. Whataburger versus Texas. Um, and then also went to Little Papacitos, I think it was called. I got shrimp, um, bacon wrapped shrimp. I got steak and chicken. It was very pricey, but it was very much worth it. So, so if you're coming to the gathering next summer, there's three restaurants for yeah. you to be thinking about being prepared and free publicity for three restaurants. Yeah. Fantastic. And what's amazing. So I, one of the things that I do is, is work with this executive team and, and they're fantastic in a lot of different ways, but uh, they are, uh, ones who can figure things out uh, mm -hmm. very quickly and so i actually made none of the di dinner decisions right i was i was like somebody pick a dinner spot and a dinner spot would appear um and i excellent food i ate very well i got so lucky it, it's a great encouragement for those of you that are coming to the gathering to be able to say like, hey, there are fantastic ways, even little ways yeah. that you can be encouraging your young people yeah. to serve um, and to lead in those ways. You know, listen, they, they know how to navigate Yelp probably better than yeah, the rest right. of us yeah. do, right? And find uh, some fantastic food or help make other decisions. Um, I really appreciate that. Um, so much of youth lead uh, does not depend on me as yeah. a leader. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, really, I, there was at one point where the only thing this group needed from me was to get them coffee, right? Uh, just to keep them caffeinated. Yeah. Or a uh -huh. smoothie. I got a smoothie. Uh -huh. There you go. <laughs> a smoothie. Um, tell me a little bit about what it's like to lead your peers and maybe if you have a young person listening, what you would encourage them to think about in terms of stepping into leadership. 
for me, leading my peers is kind of just giving back to what others have given to me. And that can be hard for some a young person listening and being like, well, I, I kind of struggle to find that I don't know if I have um, someone my age that ever poured into me. Um, that doesn't have to just be your age to have that, like, I want to pour mm-hmm. into people around me. It can be an adult, a coach. Coaches have always been really important to me, um, my parents and other leaders like that. Um, also, the next thing is, like, don't be afraid to be vulnerable about your mm-hmm. own struggles with your own faith um, with, with in the att- uh, appropriate times, of course. But don't be afraid to, like, when someone is speaking up about their struggles that they're going out. Um, I've always found that being vulnerable and open about my struggles, answering questions about things that I've gone through has helped um, remove the kind of like stigma Mm -hmm. uh, as a leader that I'm above everyone else. Mm -hmm. um, And I don't have any faults because I know that's not true. And Mm -hmm. I thought that along for a long time about the leaders above me. Um, Mm -hmm. But after conversations with them, I realized that they, they go through the same doubts that I do with, um, with my faith and, they have um, times when they fall short um, and being open about that um, builds community because it's no longer, oh, well, the leader's so far off and right. untouchable as a, as a person in relationships. But no, like it's kind of like what Jesus did. Like Jesus came down to us and put himself among us. Um, not saying that that's, I'm trying to be like that, but um, I just try to be vulnerable because uh, oftentimes that's what helps build the, mm-hmm. the warm communities that mm-hmm. we all enjoy being in. Mm-hmm. And if your youth weren't able to join us uh, here at National, uh, be aware that starting kind of in the fall, we'll be uh, introducing the registration for the March event that will happen in St. Louis. And we're really excited to get back to that pattern of having that March training every year. And uh, you could bring your young people and have Isaiah lead them uh, one more year in his (laughs) (laughs) team term. Uh, So we're really uh, grateful for that. Grateful for you and for the rest of the team as you guys served um, really powerfully, both for the young people that are here and as an example to the other adults that were in the room, I heard that over and over yeah. again, just how grateful they were uh, to have you guys there and to have you guys leading. So uh, thank you for doing that and for being a part of the podcast. Yeah, no, thanks for having yeah, me. Thanks, Isaiah. So joining us is Leah Abel, who served as MC for this event, who's also a DCE, and Cassie Moore, who was main stage speaker, DCE, who serves at St. Mark Houston. Guys, thanks for uh, recording with us here live at the National Lutheran Youth Workers Conference. Have you guys had a good time so far? It's, it's been amazing. Yeah, I just love this. After the last year of nothing, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> yeah. So is there one maybe encouragement that you're taking away from the conference in the last couple of days? I am so encouraged by seeing just the passion of everybody at this conference. I I think I had some fear coming into this. Like, are we going to have all new norms and habits of people being awkward around each Mm -hmm. other? And instead, it's been the opposite. People have just been so excited to open up to strangers and chase me down in the hall and talk to me and uh it's it's been great i have felt so much community and so much um passion from this group it's it's been wonderful i would totally echo that i think coming in i wondered the same is it gonna be different norms is it gonna feel different and it did feel different i think we all had um maybe some fears around that but what was cool i thought was the patience that people showed one another of like hey we're all stepping back into this it looks a little different in different parts of the country and in different people's yeah. homes. And it was cool to see people warm up to each other and just be glad to be together. And all the, some of the stuff that usually maybe feels like it mattered just didn't feel like it mattered, which is really awesome. It was really great. Super encouraging. After the first session, someone said to me, you could have had no content in that first session and just being at tables with people and talking and singing would have been enough. 
because <laughs> it was just so good, I think, to be back together and, and have that time. Yeah, it makes me wonder um, how our students feel about that, how, how you feel about that, yeah. just that sense of I could just want to be with people, mm -hmm. you know? And I think we heard a lot of conversation from students about that, and we've heard a lot over the last year of what does it mean to be community? And yes, we can find community online, and yes, we can connect, but it just feels like not quite enough. And in a moment like this or a couple of days like this, for me, was kind of the, um, that clarify like of, yeah, it, it really isn't, it's just not quite enough. I mean, those are the things are really good and they're great mm -hmm. tools and I'm so grateful, but there's something missing when we're not incarnational with each other. One of the things I love today, um, I saw people, strangers praying together um, mm -hmm. at the very end of our session. And, and I remember looking at it, it's like, do these people know each other? Did they know each other before this morning? No. And they were all standing up and, you know, some of them had arms around each other and some of them holding hands and just praying. Like, what an incredible thing to witness. So were there any kind of eye openers that you heard, either from people who presented or just in your conversations with folks? So two pieces for me. One was actually... Um, a volunteer youth worker from a small church, I think he said Illinois today, walked up to me after one of the sessions and he said, I'm in a church where it feels like the, the kids are sort of like on an island and then there's everybody else. And the and he said, and honestly, my kids have kind of messed up. They've done, you know, we bro they broke something at the church or like those kind of things. So it's sort of the kids are a problem kind of a vibe. And had such a great conversation with this guy because he just was like, all I want to do is bring this congregation and these kids together. And that was like his, what do I do? Like just looking for something. And the eye opener for me in that was, um, it's going to take probably 10 or 20 or 30 or 100 little things and little moments as he and I talked more through like, well, who are some adults that they could connect with? And how could you make those steps? Mm -hmm. And then it echoed in my head some of the things I heard the youth that were here attending say about we just want to have a relationship. And so he was looking for this like silver bullet. How yeah. do I convince mm -hmm. the adults? Mm -hmm. And I just started repeating to him things that I'd heard the students saying, the youth saying. And I was like... I think you just have to keep like building a little bridge here and there. It was just, it was, but it was eye opening for me to one, see someone with that kind of passion to bring those relationships together. And two, it really, it came after several sessions where we kept hearing leaders say genuine relationship, genuine relationship, <laughs> genuine relationship, listen and be together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think for me, uh, this week talking to so many people, um, there has been an overriding sense of, exhaustion in leaders and <laughs> yeah, kids yeah. and just we're so glad to be here with other people but we are also so exhausted over the last year and a half um this playing field has been leveled and we are all grappling with new parts of reality um and it makes me think i one of my friends john um he had a great analogy but it's it's like in the last year and a half we we had a house and our house imploded it fell in on itself and and now we are rebuilding and we lived in the house before. So we know what it looked like. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we know what we'd like to change now that we're rebuilding a house um, and we're, we're rebuilding the priority areas that matter to us. And I think, I think for us to come to the table as hundreds of youth, hundreds of leaders from, from all across our synod to come to the table and say, we are, we are rebuilding things that we've lost. You know, of course we know that the timeless things are, are not changing, but what does this new reality look like? And we're building together and it's, it's not going to look exactly the same, but mm -hmm. it's still going to be good and we can mm -hmm. still live in it. So um, it's just been really good conversation. I've, I've been so impressed by the young people a little bit at the conference, like just coming and finding me in the halls and talking to me and asking me very deep questions about just the hurt that their friends are walking through and the, the deep stuff that they're seeing their families. Um, 
they are attentive and they care and they want to make a difference. And that's something that we can definitely build on as we keep going. So not everybody was able to join us for this event. So is there an encouragement you would give to those who maybe were here or are, are weren't able to be here as you're kind of coming away from this event? I would say our young people are on fire. Uh, they, they are struggling, but we are seeing a generation that they are so open um, to share their opinions and to speak up and to speak out. And they have the tools now that they can do that, right? Um, so we're, we're seeing that. And I think that adults can sometimes look at that as a threat and that's a source of discomfort. And they're, they're speaking these loud truths to their online audiences. And they, they, you know, they have a little bit of ego because they've, they've got these big followings as teenagers. But at the same time, there's so much we can take from that. There's so much relationship we can build. Um, there's, there's so much work for the Holy Spirit to be doing in their lives and in that partnership that we have with them. Um, but yeah, I think um, move over and make space at your table for young people. Now, what that looks like in your church or your context or your, your job, um, I think it looks a little bit different for everybody. But uh, I think even just to ask that question of a young person, like, what do you think? Like, what are your thoughts on that? That's a huge bridge that we can build. Um, and I like that we saw that this week. We saw the response of our teenagers stepping up when we asked them that question. Simple question, but profound input and, and profound buy-in just by asking that one question. Yeah, and specifically one of the things that they said, so and by they, I mean we had some youth leaders who came on stage during one of the main sessions. And we asked, actually the adults in the room asked them via this app that we we're using, uh, one of their questions was, we want to hear from the kids. What do they want us to know? And so we had some kids come up. And one of the three things, the one that really stuck with me the most that they said was, um, we know we need to be on a leash in leadership. Um, and what we're asking is you just give us a little more leash. It might be a short leash, but just give us a little bit more, like let us up. Which I was like, you know, you are calling your fellow teenagers dogs, which isn't great. But aside from that, um, I did, I, but I just loved, and the student who spoke about it was just like, we know we're going to mess up. We know we still have to have like a little bit, like we can only have a little bit of leadership or a little bit of a freedom in that, but just give us a place to start. And then when we fail, we know you've got us. Um, I just thought that was super just super powerful, super powerful. And I think, you know, Cassie, to what you're saying about, you know, that sort of that move over because, you know, make some room at the table. Um, I'll speak for myself and say, I feel a little intimidated about that because I feel, all right, I see, you know, on social media and everywhere, just like kids are kind of mad <laughs> and they're not afraid to share their opinions. I mean, I never have really been afraid to share my opinions, but um, I think with age may become some tact. <laughs> Sometimes in sharing your opinion that not all of our young people have, do you, are you, I mean, I don't, maybe, maybe you haven't seen that in teenagers, but um, I think that the, the fact of the matter is the reason they maybe sound angry is because they don't feel heard. And it's interesting. One of our, one of the other speakers that we had who spoke in several of the sessions and then also did some sectionals was Heidi Gaiman, who is just like the coolest deaconess like ever um, and super gifted lady and was talking about some mental health kind of pieces. And one of the things that she shared about that I loved with this was the idea of um, biblical dialectics kind of things you hold in tension. And specifically for me, one of them was around um, acceptance and effort in those relationships. Like what does it look like to say, I accept you and I'm listening to you and I'm going to let you say what you need to say rather than kind of pushing back and telling you what you should do, like instead of giving you the answer. And as an adult, sometimes I feel intimidated by that. Like, I feel like I'm afraid 
they're going to think I'm saying the wrong thing they said is okay by not speaking up. Mm -hmm. But she really encouraged us to, you know, ask another question and ask another question and ask another question. And to me, that was really powerful uh, to think about how we make a difference um, and help them maybe change their thinking, not by telling them the right way to think, but by walking through it and asking more questions. So that was huge. Yeah, and I, I had a great moment yesterday. Uh, I, I stepped off the stage after speaking, and I was wrapping up, you know, taking off my headphones. <laughs> this, this teenage boy comes racing over with his backpack, and he's like, Cassie, have you read this? And he pulls out this book, and I was just like, I have not read that. Like, can I see it? So I started paging through, and I just the whole time I was like, you know, when I was when I was 18 years old, I never would have walked up to somebody who just walked off the stage, you know, a keynote. Like, I never would have walked up to somebody and said, have you read this? Like, check it out. But I'm so glad he had that confidence and he had that, that you know, and that's part of that um, that strong-minded generation, right? Like, it's a, and there's a, there's a catch-22 to that, too. Like, of course, it has its challenges, but, like, the confidence and the excitement and the, the passion just overflowing and it was it was a great resource. Like I flipped through it, and he's talking to me about it, and I took a picture of it. And um, that's that's one of those places that we will see change in our in our culture, in our church body, in the in the upcoming years. But what a refreshing change that's gonna be! It's gonna challenge us, it's gonna stretch us, but it's gonna be a blessing to us too. This is the next generation; they're gonna make a, a different mark in the world. So we've got to be ready for it. Well, we are just so thankful for, uh, again, speakers, participants, executive team that uh, made it just a great four days of a conference, um, getting to be in the city of Houston, uh, getting to be around uh, adult leaders and just, uh, again, share uh, the, the great joy it is to serve young people in our churches and just thankful, again, for so many people invested their time um, and energy to be here in Houston. So, so Juliana, what, looking at some of those questions that we asked of our, our guests, uh, what were some of the highlights or eye-openers or... Uh, things you took away from the days together. I am just blown away uh, by the caliber of people who come yep. to this conference and and the passion that they have for the young people in their congregations. Uh, they could have been anywhere. Right, right. <laughs> they don't need to come here to, to have a really successful gathering. Uh, but uh, every time I get a chance to spend time with people who care for young people in our church, it is invigorating to yep. hear them be so intensely passionate so um into their vocation as a youth worker um and as a person who is caring for young people in their church and wanting to do it with such excellence um it is uh, a gift to be able to watch that how about you mark um i I mean i think you know you heard that i think from some of our guests was that it was just great to be together um and you know, I don't know. I mean, probably have to do a little bit more pondering on this in terms of just how it felt like we're over, you know, major a major thing that happened in our churches and in our lives and to be able to come back together and to be able to be the church again and to be uh, friends again, to be in the same space again, to be able to sing songs and to be in God's word together was just really powerful for me. Um, see some faces that were familiar. And I think the other thing too, you, you touched on it, was to see some new faces um, that are 
now taking on this leadership role of serving young people. And just for me, I think it's great to see congregations tapping these people on the shoulder and say, you've got gifts to serve in God's kingdom this way. Um, and to be able to then step into these uh, areas of leadership. Sometimes they were new pastors or DCEs too that are in church work as well. And so to see this next generation of church workers who say, hey, there was someone in my life uh, whether it was my parents or a pastor or DCE or another church worker who invested in me and, and said, you should think about a, a career or you, you're going to serve well in the church because, uh, and that they're touched again, how the Holy Spirit worked through that to say, I too want to now pass that on to another, to more young people. And so when, I think when, when adults see how people poured into them and invested in them and then want to give back to others, um, it's a beautiful thing to see. And like I said, that passion that comes with it, that focus, um, and that desire that young people know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior um, through the, the, obviously the times to celebrate, but also those difficult times and to have adults walk with them. Uh, we're just so thankful in our church body for adults who do that. Um, and man, our youth, just just awesome. Just great to have them in the, in the hotel and the spaces, seeing them sharing, uh, growing in relationships together um, and growing, of course, in their love of their Lord, um, which is fantastic to see. Well, we had this great joy of having, um, so we have a, a leadership team that helps run uh, youth lead. We call them the executive team. And we had two members of a pre two previous executive right? teams who are now church workers yeah. who were able to come back. And, um, you know, even though I mean, not that far apart, but far enough apart that um, get a chance to meet and, and see uh, our executive team now and, and the experience there it was a really uh, a cool moment. And yeah, the fantastic group of young people um, who were here and just very invested in their churches yeah. and yeah. in wanting to serve and to lead. Yeah, as, as I say, well, even think about the executive team too. I mean, it's just neat to see the investment of churches making in young people that we get blessed by that in our whole synod to have leaders like that come and invest in their peers and now seem as church workers. And so, I mean, really, we talk about this over and over again on the podcast, but then to see the reality of it, of, of here you have one congregation that invested in a young person who becomes a church worker. Now another church is blessed because of that investment as now a pastor or DCE or whatever it might be, a teacher. Um, and just exciting to see that. And so just thank you for our congregations that take care of young people in that way and point them. Um, to a year, a life of service. Well, we will continue to pray for both those who were able to be here at National and for those of you that were not able to be at National, uh, we continue to be incredibly grateful for all those who are um, serving young people in their congregations and, and seeking to do that with excellence and, and to do it well and to do it to the glory of God. We are grateful for you and the way that you serve young people in the church. And Gold's Podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church.